This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. That's my Andre, the, Andre <laughs> yeah. the Giant impression. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the rest of you. This week we talk about a sociopath named Andre. YOLO. Oh. Really, maybe one of the saddest stories in pro wrestling history. Oh, yeah. Because this guy knew he was going to die, so he took it out on everyone else. He's got millions of dollars and is the reason so many people drink. His name is Andre. Andre. <laughs> he used to shit in beds. Andre. Andre. He'll fuck your mom. Um, hi everybody, I'm John Hastings. He's the king, he's the king. I'm Dylan Gott. Um, John, uh, Andre the Giant might be one of the kings of one of my favorite tones of a wrestling story, which is four big men laughing about how funny this guy was, and the thing that's so funny is he pushed a lady down the stairs and now she can't use the right side of her body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anytime <laughs> like, it was like, oh man, Andre was so funny. Oh, what did Andre do? Oh, he killed Big John Studd's mum. He just fucking stabbed her in the neck. <laughs> he found out where Ivan Putzky lived and made him drink only spit for a full year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putzky knew by the end. Ha, ha, ha. So funny. Ivan's, Ivan Putzky had to raise a kid that is not his son as his son because Andre is like, oh, raise that kid. Are you serious? No. Not true. I mean, I would believe Scott Putzky is not Ivan Putzky's son. A hundred percent. I bet you Scott Putzky wishes he wasn't Ivan Putzky's son because he was just like, Dad, you remember that brief time you made me wrestle in the WWE? And they kept referring to me as that failed one's child. <laughs> oh, you. Do you know what fucked Ivan? Do you know what fucked Ivan Putzky? By the way, this is the famous because Ivan Putzky was a giant draw in Texas as a guy pretending mm-hmm. to be Polish. By the way, let's talk about how fun wrestling is. So. All he would do is yell, Rakshamash! And then beat up people. And everyone in Texas was like, yeah. he doesn't speak English. But yet, he's white, so I'm okay with it. And then he went to uh, New York, and they were like, you can't yell Rakshamash. There's actually Polish people here. So just be a Polish immigrant and talk normally. He was like, okay. And then he went back to Texas and just talked normally. And the crowd booed him so badly, they had to sneak him out of Houston. Are you serious? Yeah. I was told on the Bruce Pritchard uh, something to wrestle with about Houston wrestling podcast. And for some reason, it was one of those ones where I was like, that's such a piece of shit wrestling story. And yet, no one picked up on it. Like, everyone was just like, meh, whatever. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Fucking because, insane. Uh, I've been, so the way we're going to do this episode, I figure, is that since it is this episode is Andre the Giant up until... WrestleMania one, so that's up until WrestleMania one with the uh, what was it, thirty thousand dollar body slam challenge. Absolutely. So it's basically Against. it's Apex Afro Andre is the period of time we're looking yeah. at. We're basically we start this is from his before birth before and after Afro. Yeah, yeah. We start from his birth pre Afro. We move all the way to right before WrestleMania one, where he has the short cut down hair, and also like just as his body is going from like oh it kind of works to just a bunch of bones in a fucking Santa sack. Yeah, and. Uh, and since there's like not many storylines, we're gonna have to we're gonna have a lot of fun stories about people like Ivan Putsky, about people like Big John Stud, and uh, Uncle Elmer is one of them. Good stuff. I, I think also just to discuss like how how this is this is why they don't just book every big man. Why this? They're basically for the first time they're replicating this 
style of booking with Braun Strowman. We'll get to it when we get to it. But ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about it. His name was Andre Rusimov. He was born in Moulin, France. He weighed only eleven. Ooh. He weighed eleven pounds, which is the size of my loads or Dylan loads whenever they come out, because we got fat loads. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we come Andre the Giant as an infant. Yeah, I come. At, that's why whenever yeah. I come, I go call it the boss, baby, and then my girlfriend asks me to leave. Whenever I jack off, I yell, "No womb needed." <laughs> this thing's gonna grow up to be a huge star. Yeah, that's why. I, Just my loads. I call one of my. Don't corrupt it with your pussy oven. I call one of my balls Tim White, and I call the other one Arnold Scoland. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that, big boy. Uh, apparently, Andre the Giant had a grandfather that was seven foot eight. Um. Can we also talk about how apparently Andre was just 6'10"? Like, you know what I mean? Like, people just say he was 7'4", but apparently he was just 6'10". Because you've ever seen famous pictures of Andre the Giant next to, like, basketball players? I don't think he was just 6'10". I think he was over 7 feet tall, but go on with what you're saying. Um, Just one sec. Uh, I'm just typing in here Andre the Giant. Because there is... So there's, like, pictures of him... Um standing with like pro basketball players and he's like as tall as them it's kind of like when you see a guy like when you see the big show and Shaq square off at wrestlemania and how they're like oh big show is so tall and Shaq's actually taller than him you know what i mean yeah because i'm now because um, i'm gonna see holy shit because i'm looking at it right now and there's a photo of donald trump hulk hogan and andre the giant and Hulk Hogan is almost as tall as Andre the Giant. Now, but is it, was he like being fucking, no, because he kept growing afterwards. Holy fuck. So is he not actually seven foot eight? No, he has to be fucking. No, he's not. Look at, all right. There's a picture of, on the set of, I'm believing it's Conan the Barbarian 2. There's a picture of Andre the Giant and Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain listed, and the NBA is actually one of the only sports that does this, is they'll bump up your fucking height a bit. Will Chamberlain is listed at seven foot one. Andre the Giant is about half an inch shorter than him. Is so that I'd say he was again? Seven feet I'm not, tall. but also in the perspective of the photo, Andre is closer to the camera than Will Chamberlain. That said, it shouldn't account for this much difference in height. But like, I could say that I would say that they're probably the same height, so they're probably both seven feet tall, not seven foot eight as Andre the Giant purports. It's also wrestling and. That's the one thing. Andre the Giant's height is one of those things where it's the only it's one of the only pro wrestling gimmick things that people will still fucking stand by, right? Oh my god. Well, the other thing is he was so fucking crazy strong. Like the one thing is he's like okay, maybe he's not 7 foot 8, but the shit he used to do to people is fucking insane. Yeah. Like he used to pick up he picked yeah, he famously picked up Hulk Hulk Hogan brought a girl to the ring. This is when he hated Hulk Hogan. He grabbed Hulk Hogan by the fucking trunks held him over like a stork and then just threw him out of the ring like that oh by the way get ready to find out andre the giant was as dangerous as the harness owen hart war in kansas city right before he died <laughs> oh no john yes he fucking what like whole why does big baby have to say bad things because for fuck's sake every third story of praise about this guy is like oh and then he just full-on punched me in the face as hard as he could yeah, there's some that don't make any sense that are clearly just attributed to like, oh, sometimes when you're a huge fucking drunk, it's like, oh, he wouldn't get drunk after three cases of wine. It's like, that's, I mean, that's probably due to his size and the amount he drinks. <laughs> like, if you drink, just wake up drunk, 
there could be the possibility that he was always just drunk. He probably was always just drunk. Or he also possibly just lied about how much he was drinking. Like, that's the other thing about this guy when there's like, I drank three cases of wine in an hour. And it's like, well, that's physically possible. As well as he never seemed to pee whenever he drank. So I'm like, well, e- mm-hmm. either he was cra- like, either he was just full of pee or he was straight up lying all the time. <laughs> like, it's also like, I don't know. This is why I love wrestling. Where it's like, no, he was just a, he was just the best drunk ever, or he was lying. He could have been lying. And like, mm, I don't think yeah. so. Who knows? I mean, it's territory wrestling in the '60s in Europe, so we're not gonna find the fucking answer to it. Oh all. yeah, no. All we're gonna find out is more stories that involve like, you could call him a pedophile, yeah. but he didn't fuck kids. He just made them cry from a distance. <laughs> oh no, John. Yeah. John Hastings is fine with that. Um, so how did he get into wrestling, John? I think it was Samuel Beckett. No, Samuel Beckett, the playwright, just lived there near his know, his family land and would drive him around sometimes. It's very strange. Uh he got into wrestling <laughs> because uh a local promoter, uh Frank Valuay. That loyal uh, came to his fucking yeah. door after hearing him about him playing uh, soccer and rugby, and said you could make a nice living as a wrestler. His parents were, were unsure about it, but then were like, "Yeah, whatever," because Andre wanted to see the world. What I think actually happened was they knocked on the door and he's like, "You know that fucking lummox living in your house? I'll give him some money to fake beat up people." And his parents were like, "Yeah, could you get him out of the house? Because he's drank eleven bottles of wine this morning." Is a lie. I keep telling <laughs> uh, his mother. I just don't like the look of his teeth and his voice quality is really unnerving. Turns out we told him he was gonna die before forty, and now he's really upset for some yeah, reason. Yeah. T- anyway. Take our son off our hands. Hey, turns out our son's a massive puss because he's like, hey, kid, you're going to be dead before you're 40. Oh, you don't like that? Oh, you don't like that? Oh, I didn't want Andre. I still fucking deal with it. Yeah. And the other thing is very early on, even though they didn't smarten Andre up, it's kind of like you kind of have to because he's so much bigger and stronger than all the other wrestlers. Um, he first guy who we've heard of that he meets is Lord Alfred oh, Hayes. Oh, yeah. By the way, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, I loved Lord Alfred Hayes when he was a commentator in the 80s. If you just do even the most cursory glance of Lord Alfred Hayes, um, he is the worst man in the like. This is, the seven, this is the 60s and 70s European territorial wrestling, so a lot of information doesn't get out. But here's what you do find out. That guy would put his dick on you no matter what the situation <laughs> was. Like Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was basically like, why, was, uh, why, did Andre, why did Rowdy Roddy Piper distress people? Oh, for the first 20 years of his career, he was abused massively. And um, he just talked about how you'd just be getting ready That's and the then, you, then you'd feel something on you and you'd look around and Lord Alfred Hayes would have taken your hand and then just put his dick his dick in your hand for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would take, he would do a no look tag. He'd say no look tag me and then he you put your hand out and his dick would just be in his hand in your hand and then he would just start shooting cum everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm nodding so much. Uh, you deserve this. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, so like it's again. Look at who broke this guy in the business. Of course, yeah. they're going to be a little bit fucked. Like, of course, he's going to be fucked 
in the head. If Lord Alfred Hayes is like, listen, you're huge. So remember, you never say yes. Always say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, So Andre goes on. He's uh, He starts his uh, career as giant uh, fear. It's, I'm fucking that up. Oh yeah, his name. Oh, and I don't speak no cuck languages, he, so you're gonna have to help me out here. What are you talking about? You speak English. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Get him. Get us. Get us. Yeah, because he's he's the giant. Yeah, giant Ferrier, who's a legendary French lumberjack. Yeah. He also wrestled as the giant Eiffel Tower, which I fucking love. <laughs> I really like. Uh, I really like that. Or no, pardon me, monster Eiffel Tower in New Zealand. Um, I I really like the uh, the idea of just naming someone monster and then just the main tourist attraction in their city. Oh my God, this man's from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Monster, don't air, don't touch him. He's greasy. If it was you, Dylan, it would be monster John Deere outlet. <laughs> monster yeah if it was from Stouffville it would be monster that time John Olerud got a coffee here <laughs> yeah monster we thought literally who something that they talk about in Stouffville was the one time John Olerud who was a first baseman on the World Series winning 1993 Toronto Blue Jays his car broke down so he had to get a coffee uh, while someone fixed it while he was driving through town uh, people still talk about that uh, who the fuck <laughs> is uh, who's the catcher uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays when they went on the World Series run he had two names Pat Pat Borders of course everyone has two names you no no no, no. It was Pat, oh no it wasn't Pat Borders who the fuck was it I th- maybe it was him Anyway, my uh, friends of ours, the girl you have a crush on that's my very best friend. There you go. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Your mom. It's not my mom. The other one. Okay. Uh, so I guess I have two crushes. She was drunk in a bar with him, and her boyfriend really likes that guy. And she just turned yeah. to him super drunk and was like, my boyfriend likes you. <laughs> uh, and, he, and, he appar- and apparently the guy was like, walked up to her boyfriend and was like, hey, man. If you wanted a picture, you should have come over. Don't send your girlfriend to do your work. And then it became a whole fucking brouhaha. Wow. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, what a cock. Like, what a fucking asshole, right? You're just like, fuck. Fuck you. Uh, fuck the Toronto Blue Jays. That was, but that was semi-recently. So that's like, can you imagine, and I'm not doing this just for the segue, but it is. Can you imagine meeting Andre the Giant in public as a grown man? You're like, oh my God, you're Andre the Giant from the TV. Vomit. Talk vomiting all over you. But it would also be crazy. You're like, you're Andre the Giant from the TV. What's that smell? Oh, that's my butt. Like... He, <laughs> like, he was fucking, like, yeah. it's also like he wore essentially the same clothes for 20 years. Um, His height notwithstanding, his fucking body was insane. Like, you, they had, yeah. Paul Bosch in Houston, because he wanted a wristwatch, had to go get a fucking pocket watch and get a strap made for it so it would go around his fucking wrist. Yeah, that's one thing that's not at all exaggerated is the size of this dude's hands. Like, Look at, there's a picture online, I think it's one of the main pictures that you show of Andre's, uh, him holding a regular beer. Because um, he discovers in 1970, after his wrestling career has already started, uh, and he's already a star, like he's 22 at this point, he's already a star because 
It's kind of like there's a f- mutual friend of ours, you know, Miguel Rivas. Yes. Yes, Miguel Rivas. So he's he Miguel's uh very talented comedian, but he was six foot three. Like he was one of those guys. He's fully grown by the time he's fucking eleven. Yeah. He was six foot three at eleven, and it, it, I mean, it seems weird, but it's kind of the same thing where a, f- a basketball like he was getting Wendy's with his family, and a basketball coach from just a high school in Toronto was like, hey, does your like 17-year-old son want to play basketball because he's tall? And then she was like, "That my son's 11. And then the coach was like, and people go gaga over this shit and word spreads fast still, right? So he's already a star. It gives them... It gives you it gives you a natural advantage, and then they can teach you enough to make you sort of good. Like that's why Shaq as a basketball player is fucking crazy, and that he's fucking huge, and he's actually a very good basketball player. But people still talk about like he's tall. That's good. Yeah. Not to mention he's also a yeah. Florida County Sheriff and one of the best smack talkers ever. For example, he said he said of Kareem. Instead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he doesn't deserve to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame because he's not a good businessman. God damn it, do I love Shaq so much. Fucking Shaq's nuts, man. Shaq is one of those things where it's like, so it's actually really oddly a good analogy. You don't deserve to own a restaurant until you have, oh God, I can't remember the, the thing, but something like five different RR, it's not the R, it's the American version of the RRSP. But Shaq was just like, you want to open a restaurant? Yeah. First, you got to have five, like, five Ursas or whatever the fuck they are. And it's just like, <laughs> God damn it, Shaq, you're fucking crazy. I love him. Like, I'm like, you're a man who did a business course and has CTE. So you're just like, I only remember the important things. <laughs> well, this is like, because oddly, it's like, this is what Andre, it's a good kind of, uh, oh, God, what's the goddamn word? Analogy. Shaq and Andre are very close. Like, but Shaq was in a, obviously, a real sport, whereas Andre is in a play with some tighties on. Yeah. And um, it's the exact, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is essentially struggling right now with the thing that Andre the Giant struggled with throughout his career that he could kind of manufacturingly stop, which was people, he got old and people got better than him. And Andre, people got old and people got better than him, yes, but he... Obviously, in wrestling, you can still push people down mm-hmm. because, like, by all accounts, we're going to talk about this at the end of the episode. But Big John Studd probably should have beaten Andre the Giant, but um, Andre the Giant was like, I, took his dick out and was like, "This I is actually, how big it is." I actually sort and of disagree. I made this company in the fucking seventies. Well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, let's um, get to that because that's a yeah. There's a lot. Let's to get to the sad part first. Oh, okay. So, around the end of the sixties, uh, a doctor. Uh, sat Andre down and was like, "Oh, I figured out why you look this way. You have a benign tumor on your pulmonary. Uh, your oh, what the fuck is it called? Pulmonary, pituitary. I got this it's one. pituitary gland. Yeah, I, no. The doctor sat him down and technically was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but your dad nutted on a potato and now you're here. And that's how that's what Andre the Giant was. He was actually a potato that someone nutted on. Oh, that's really good, Dylan. Make fun of more disabled people, you dark-hearted bitch. Uh, he's not disabled. He's dead." Well, that is a disability in a way. That's such a, like, PC thing to say. No, for sure, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, (laughs) aren't you a snowflake? Okay, Jordan Peterson. 
I didn't realize I did my po- Your political correctness is killing this thing. Oh, Dylan, am I doing my podcast with Jordan Peterson? No. Okay, good. I, fucking- I don't have any degrees. I just have the same opinions. Yeah, that's good. So you're like a lot of people that I've been speaking to that aren't on, like a lot of people that on the internet you think they're one way and then you speak to them for five minutes and you're like, oh God, you really don't like Muslim people or trans people for literally no reason. <laughs> yeah, I took university. But I uh, got kicked out. 2018 is the year of you talk to someone, they seem really reasonable, and then they just say something that sounds like they think it's a fact that's so fucking nuts. Like, and we all can agree that the left is just a trans conspiracy to make sure that Muslim people fuck my kids. And it's like, okay. (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. I thought we were talking about public transit in this city in Australia, but I was incorrect. Oh, yeah. we're all aware. We're all aware that I'm just someone in my 50s and haven't realized that I'm getting older and by inherently become more conservative. So it can't be that I just want my values are slightly changing. It must be the fact that a man wants to be a woman and that's bad. Yeah, that's the fun. Yeah. You know, I'm just like a lot of people. I'm fiscally liberal. Like I believe in funding all arts programs. But I do believe that if you uh, decide to have gender reassignment surgery, you are legally now a footbench, and I should sit on you whenever you, uh, whenever I want to. And you owe me thirty push-ups let, per time. <laughs> let me explain. Drop and give me thirty. Let me explain it to you this way: You guys are wine. I'm Andre the Giant. You're going in my body to be destroyed, so I feel better. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, he was uh, diagnosed with acromegalia, um, which is the same thing, which is actually crazy because this is how, um, not one of the ways, but uh, acromegalia is the exact same disease that the big show had. Uh, There's a UFC fighter named Bigfoot Silva who also has it. Now, but why, can you you explain why it doesn't affect them the same way it affected Andre, which I actually thought was fascinating? Well, the only thing I know about the Big Show's uh, acromegalia versus Andre's is essentially that Big Show had his tumor removed. That's exactly it. They they didn't actually, yeah, they didn't have... Yeah, they just had the tumor in Andre's body and they were like, um, here's the fun thing about the 70s. I'm a cool doctor and I'm on a lot of cocaine and if you want to fuck my wife, here's my keys. But also, I can't cure the disease. I can just tell you you have it. Yeah, that's... Well, that's the thing is that they didn't know... They didn't have the technology at the time to remove tumors. Like, this is the crazy thing about surgery and smaller tools, the use of lasers, is that, like, now they can shrink things using various sort of, like... Uh, not x-rays, but like they, they can shrink it and then remove it from your body, rail it with relative uh, um, with relative comfort. In the 70s, it was like, it's either you die at 40 or we just kill you by removing a bunch of your guts. What do you want to do now? <laughs> do you want to? All right. We have two options. You can die at 40 or we can fashion you this skateboard that your head will be on and you can live for another 25 minutes. Yeah. As a head on a skateboard. That's pretty fun. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you look, okay, yes, a lot of wrestlers are dead, but also a lot of wrestlers, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin is essentially held together by... No, Kurt Angle is wrestling again. Do you understand that if Kurt Angle was a wrestler in the 70s the way he was a wrestler, he would literally just be a bag. Like, he would be a bag with stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just like, well, that's that f- man's neck looks weird. Yeah, just don't talk to him. Well, that's the whole thing about sports and wrestling, really, is that obviously they've taken great leaps forward uh, with medicine and those leaps have been met with the leaps and the expectations of what you expect out of athletes and pro wrestlers where it's like, yes, they didn't have the best, uh, they, they couldn't, 
cure under the giant's acromegalia, but also it was kind of common sense that you don't do five planches a night for 40 bucks, you know? All right, so uh, Andre the Giant, after he gets acromegalia, essentially uh, moves over to North America because, you know, YOLO, baby. Um, yeah. he tours big with- city. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like a big friendly giant, which is the fucking ironic part, is because after this, um, he's just got a death wish essentially like he's already a fucking drunk because he's in pain all yeah the time. he's he's already a fucking drunk and it also very much becomes like part of the whole thing of like oh he can't re- like it's already part of the culture he eats and drinks restaurants give him food and drink for free because they liked having this giant in there uh um uh yeah just as like a fucking sideshow yeah thing, it, unfortunately and so he also like his life becomes a bit of a prison starting now because he wants to like do things like go see a play, um, live a normal life, and he literally can't because all that would happen is people would stare and make fun of him. And this especially starts happening when he moves to the States and he's just like, oh, oh. Uh, so he starts traveling with a minder as a way of sort of protecting himself. He... Yeah. It's it just... it's. It's already just like, oh, now it's the saddest. Like, it goes from like, I don't know, to, oh, it's the saddest story in the world. Yeah. Well, he comes, so he comes over Montreal. They do big gate receipts. Um, usually what happens is he beats up two people or three people at the same time a couple times. And then he faces the territories like kind of either big heel who's just lost to their champion mm-hmm. or the big heel can hang with Andre and that makes him, you know, a level above. Because let's say this, Andre the Giant would not job ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. He would not job. And he was kind of doing, because it's funny because they've tried this gimmick uh, again afterwards, but he's doing this big friendly giant gimmick where it's like, oh, he's nice and whatever. But if you get him mad, then absolutely no one can stop him. Um, so even at the, so, but the only thing is, they had this problem with Hogan, but obviously Andre more so, is that they couldn't find people. You either had to be a fucking crazy baby face, like uh, Killer Khan had an amazing feud with him, mm. uh, Killer Kowalski, Butcher Vashon. You had to be crazy psycho or somewhat his size, which didn't really happen. And also, Andre would just fucking sandbag you if you were his own size. Or try and eliminate you as a threat, essentially. Yeah, because he, again, was obsessed with protecting his spot as being the giant. And this started yeah. very, very early. Because he was hanging around Lord Alfred Hayes and fucking crazy French promoters that were like... The one thing you need to know about trust is that it doesn't exist. <laughs> Here's the thing about trust. Don't ever have it. Yeah. You know Stone Cold yeah, Steve Austin? Is- uh, no, that guy doesn't exist yet. Oh, I'm from the future. Anyway, his policy is DTA. Mine too. <laughs> well, wrestling at this point, also it can be said, is a lot. It's kind of like, I read this crazy set about gun crime in Great Britain, where it's like American people are as afraid of gun crime as British people, and in America, there's a school shooting every fortnight, and Great Britain, one guy got shot in the 30s, and they've never gotten over it. <laughs> so so it's kind of like that, where it's like, people don't shoot on people anymore, but everyone constantly thinks they're about to be shot on. Yeah, but it's because, you know, there's people like, that, yeah, Billy Robinson and Judo Jean LaBelle aren't in wrestling anymore, but there is the thought that one quick phone call 
and fucking Danny Hodge will appear and be like, oh, which one of you old suckers need a fucking go? <laughs> well, Billy Robinson actually is right in the prime of his wrestling career because uh, Andre goes to Japan and wins a big tournament beating Kyle Gotch and Billy Robinson in the process. And the other thing about this is he's great because since he's a babyface, you can have him be the 1A babyface and he never has to... like. All these territories that are run by the uh, basically the babyface uh, winning all these matches, he never has to face them. Like he never has to face an OK. He never has to face fucking uh, Bruno San Martino. He can just be like, "Oh, they're friends." Yeah, and it's also one of those things where you you put him on a card, and it's like you get a championship match, and you get to see this fucking tall guy do something. Like that's and the thing that his name is Andre the Giant. That photo, everything in it in the package. I mean, this one will be even shorter. Patreon.com backslash rest of the review. You know why to go there, and if you don't, suck it. There's shit on my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Let's talk about Andre the Giant's WWWF career. What's that? An extra W? Yeah. For a while, they called it the Worldwide Wrestling Federation because fucking wrestling yep. in the 70s was the worst. How will they know what world we're talking <laughs> about? Well, it probably is this one. No, it's the universe. Call it the Universe Wrestling Federation. We're the world, and it's why. Fuck you. It's a weird one. In 73, the McMahons became his managers, and here's the weird thing. The way that Vince basically started using... like, Because you'll hear all these stories about like Shane McMahon's role with Mike Tyson, and that's how Vince was used by his dada. Yeah, it's you fucking... Just stare at Andre. Make sure one eyeball is always yeah. on fucking yeah. Andre. Yeah, whatever this man likes, you do, and that includes debasing your little body. No, because the thing you have to understand is, aside from booking their territory, they were the they literally managed Andre. You're a territory. You want Andre? You get him for one week a year, two weeks, two weeks a year, whatever. And they would use that as bargaining chips. So it's one of those things where we want Dusty Rhodes to come in as heel. We'll give you two weeks of Andre instead of one, which is something they famously did with Florida, which is why all of the Florida baby faces came in and were heels for Bruno or other people because fucking Vince McMahon Sr. had the, the easiest, biggest draw in wrestling, which was this tall fuck will come and do a battle royal in your fucking company. The NWA yeah. was fucking cowed by him, and it's the advantage that WWF had of being in New York because Andre was just like, "Well, it's the biggest media center; it will get it'll get it over really easily." So, yeah, we'll put him there. He'll stay there. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the other thing is, yeah, the other yeah, the draw is not because like not only is he uh, taller than everybody, he's also like wider than everybody, and I think that people kind of lose sight of that as like. You know why the under... Uh, it's just like one of those things where you ever see a guy who's super tall but also thin as shit. Like, we did the Giant Gonzalez episode. You know, Giant Gonzalez is fucking like, yeah, he's 7'7", seven, seven, but he's like 240 pounds. How's that even possible? Yeah. That's like a six foot seven guy that's 140 pounds. Like, that's fucking terrifyingly skinny. But Andre's got those uh, thick old thighs and that big old rear. You know what I mean? Yo! Yeah, I agreed. Hashtag gains. Hashtag on. So they basically found out that the name Jean uh, Ferrer meant nothing to uh, North American fans, and they changed his name to Andre the Giant. Where I want, I have a question for you. Is this not one of the best wrestling names ever? It's the, it tells you everything you need to know about that guy. Like, 
Exactly. It's the best elevator pitch for a fucking wrestler. Yeah, what's his name? Andre the Giant. Why? He's fucking huge and he's from France. Yeah, great. Get- his name is, yeah. I like that. His name is Andre. He is a giant. Yeah. Very, very simple. Simple stuff. Perfect 70s. Um, they don't have to be like Andre the Giant. Rusmanov. No one want, fucking wanted that. Just Andre the Giant. Super, super easy. And, um, and it's super easy to get him over. He beats up eight people who are smaller than him. Um, he used to do a drop kick, which is wildly unnecessary. Just like, oh, he can do a yeah. drop kick. Look at this happy guy. He loves to kick people. It's fucking insane that this fucking... Like, also, it's weird that I'm about to say this. Wh- who in the McMahon family was like, yeah, this guy needs to know how to do a drop kick? Like, why the fuck? There's no reason for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Arnold Scotland was always at his side because... I don't know, man. He needed someone to yell at when he was drunk. Well, it's also the, the thing is, is this guy is in pretty much constant pain and is a fucking like he's a fucking sketch show, drinky, boozy, fucking lunatic. So <coughs> I think the McMahon's were like, put him with someone who at least can phone us when he gets arrested. Like it's basically he just and he also just liked having company. Like the the weird thing is, whenever they talk about Andre, they're like, oh, the reason he drank was because he was lonely. But it was like, what? But you were all lonely, but it's like he was even more lonely because we weren't friends with him. Like it's this odd thing of the yeah. everyone talked about like he constantly felt alone. It's like what? But why? But also maybe it's because he didn't hang out with other wrestlers because other wrestlers would have wanted something from him. That's very possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems kind of spelled out like if you're a guy like Andre the Giant, who's one of the most the most unique draws in professional wrestling history, because like. People don't in wrestling before this. They didn't have many giants who were like big and also wide. It's usually this dude's super fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like we're used to the point where it's like the immovable tubbo, you know, <laughs> and the immovable tubbo, and, and Dick Murdoch's gonna spit on him and you know fill his literal asshole with tobacco juice no the immovable tubbo versus relatively muscular man in comparison to tubbo <laughs> yeah it's basically this guy works eight hours at a factory shift but he's done a handful of curls versus just uh just a tlc fat type guy so andre's the first he's he's the first modern draw like this and i maybe he because he didn't want a job to anybody and maybe he just fucking thought all wrestlers were weird carnies too. Who I'm knows? Sh- well, I'm sure he did. And then, but he also then thought, and if they're weird carnies, wait till you get a load of fucking me. I'm gonna be obs- <laughs> I'm gonna be obsessed with bridge yeah. and also knocking cars over. Yeah, fill a little bathtub with wine. I'm gonna drink my way out. Um, so he would basically go into a territory. He had certain guys he liked working with. Roddy Piper uh, being a big one certain spots with he was very specific on what you couldn't couldn't do with him um P, uh, roddy piper he's particularly liked working with because roddy piper would do a thing where he would climb up andre's body and try and punch him in the face and andre thought that was very funny so he would constantly try and work with andre the giant he had a lot of respect for gorilla monsoon would work with gorilla monsoon had a lot of respect for uh jack briscoe so anytime he was in a ring with jack briscoe he would throw jack briscoe around but also somehow that made jack briscoe look strong i don't understand how that worked but it fucking did (laughs) apparently that made jack briscoe look good because he was the nwa champion the thing that's crazy is never really wrestled for a a title match was either brought in to 
do a handicap match, two ring battle royals, uh, or some sort of like make a guy look good, but in a way where you'll still definitely beat him kind of way. Um, had very specific rules. You had to get him wine. You had to get him booze. If he didn't fucking like the way he was treated, he would fucking walk, and there wasn't fucking anything you could do about it. Yeah, he would we're always report back with to Vince Sr. with what happened, and then you would just get Andre the Giant once. And since Andre is one of the very early worldwide stars in wrestling, like just because of how big this dude is, he's been on every talk show. And this isn't like now when you're on a talk show and there's four other ones. It's The Tonight Show and then nothing else on television. So if you're on The Tonight Show, he's genuinely memorable and the guy could be super charming so obviously he's got a fucking he's got a fucking little following with him there um should we tell a story or we'll tell a story uh obviously everyone probably heard this if you're uh listening to this podcast for sure but uh so four guys were bugging him once they said you're big you're not strong they uh andre gets andre gets hammered and chases after him they hide in their car andre flips the car yeah it apparently assume, it apparently happened on Bishop Street in Montreal in front of Jerry's Bar, which is the bar I was below the comedy club in which I started ooh, in. Jerry's Bar, nice. by the way, Russian prostitute house or whorehouse is what it's called. It's not called a prostitute house. It's not there anymore. It's now a shot bar. Although the comedy works is not there anymore. It just got set on fire. So what are you gonna do? He uh, the uh, that car wasn't the only thing getting flipped that night. You know what I mean? Yo. Big French man, make me a woman. Uh, once he started wrestling with the WWF, he was um, uh, listed as the highest paid wrestler uh, in the world with official earnings of four hundred grand. I like how people like Jim Cornette go on like, these fucking cunts, they don't make any money anymore. They make so much more money back in the fucking day. And it's like, they didn't. They didn't. They make more money now. All of the promoters. <laughs> well, keep in mind, all of the promoters in those territories were like earning so- like tens of millions of dollars a year in the 70s uh, and this is known because of a lawsuit brought in part because of jim Cornette and the midnight express where jim Cornette or jim crockett had to open his books uh for yeah. the last 10 years and they actually saw the earnings of just the jim crockett just jim crockett promoter uh, promotions was make he was making in some cases millions of dollars in a night so Memphis, same fucking like Memphis was able to continue because of savings of the assets of the company, i.e., cash in an account, was able to continue until the middle nineties. Do you understand how much fucking money that must have been making? Yeah, like that's insane. And it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing with any industry. And for sure now, even the WWE, like they do sneaky shit, like the network, like someone. This question was asked where it's like, okay, so if Let's say uh, everyone wants to watch the Lesnar-Goldberg match from last year's WrestleMania. If people specifically watch that match, will they get royalties? Because wrestlers used to get like pay-per-view points. No, they don't. No. It's just, <laughs> just like, oh, no, Vince McMahon still makes 50, you know, whatever, 500,000 a year. He does pay himself also as he has like two salaries that he draws from the company. But like... If everyone's talking about a Seth Rollins versus fucking Dolph Ziggler match, those guys don't get extra money even though they're bringing eyes to the fucking network. So it's all bullshit, right? Yeah, it's all fucking bullshit. Bullshit that I like. (laughs) 
But Andre's one of those dudes who's like, he doesn't, he really is the only guy you can genuinely say he doesn't need a title because once again, it's just like, why would you go to wrestling? Look at this, this, uh, this drunk guy who's spitting wine out involuntarily is going to be there. Yeah. Like this old. Yeah. Oh my God. What are we going to see tonight? Oh, this guy, Jack Briscoe. Who's that? Oh, he's really good at fake fighting. That looks like hugging. And he's going to be in a match uh, <laughs> with Thunderbolt Patterson, so there'll probably be some sort of weird sneezing spot. But before that, a giant man's going to throw 18 other people over a fucking rope. Yes. Yeah, and it's a, it's a weird one, too, because you can't really make Andre a heel because it'd be too much of a bummer to be like, oh, well, I guess there's just no hope. Oh, yeah. Good night, everybody. Also, what's crazy is the Washington Redskins asked him to try out for the football team, and he said he'd only do it if they matched his wrestling salary, and they said no. God fucking damn it, do I love fucking football. Like, football in the 70s, because this is before the NFL became the NFL. This is when the NFL was, you know, what hockey is in America now. Like, that's a sport, too? And Jesus Christ, were they doing anything to try and get fucking attention? He appeared on The Tonight Show, The Merv Griffin <laughs> Show, and David Letterman's show, um, uh, Late Night, uh, and was in People and Sports Illustrated. He was the biggest star wrestling had ever yeah. seen. He was on The Six Million Dollar Man playing Bigfoot, very famously Lee Marger, Majors. If you, ta- if you can find any interview about Lee Majors talking about Under the Giant, all he goes on about is he drank a lot of beer and never peed. And fuck me... Yeah, and one time they put a uh, they put a diuretic. Oh yeah, they put a diuretic in his beer. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and then he still didn't do anything. I'm like that's crazy. No. He must be all poopies. Yeah. Oh my god, those aren't bones. They're just dried pee. <laughs> um, and uh, there were a couple wrestlers he liked though. He liked One Man Gang for some reason. Maybe it's because One Man Gang somehow had a body that was just drawn by a child. Where it's like. One Man Gang's a child's drawing of a fat man where it's like a circle and then four sticks. <laughs> I don't know how that guy... Here's my explanation on why he liked the gang. The One Man Gang was also a giant, but he respected that Andre was the biggest giant. Why well, the problem with Big John Stud came that Big John Stud kept trying to also be a giant to Andre the Giant. And that was his biggest fucking pet peeve, which is like, I'm the biggest fucking giant. Don't fucking take this away from me. I'm going to be dead in days. Just let me have this. <laughs> I have no teeth. Yeah. Ric Flair still thinks I have two hearts, the fucking Momo. Did he think he had two hearts? Yeah, for like a year and a half. Larry the Axe Henning said he, Andre the Giant had two hearts and two sets of teeth. And Ric Flair believed him, so he kept trying to find his second pair of teeth. That's Ric Flair. That might be the weirdest thing about Ric Flair. And that's crazy. Like, what's all? Well, also, he totally be- like. The, the, what I love is that he was so afraid of drinking with Andre. Like, I can't even describe. Like, that's the best. Is that he was like, "I'll drink with anyone," and then it's like Andre's in town. And he's like, "Oh no, 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 no." Well, of course he fucking because we've all met that person where it's like I have like Ric Flair wants to be the star of the show and he wants to have fun while drinking. What is fun about? Getting drunk with a uh, stronger than you French man who just wants to play bridge in silence. There's nothing fun about that. That's Andre a- the Giants drinks like a Vietnam vet who's just trying to forget. Yeah. Ric Flair drinks like a white girl. Like it's not it's two different types of drinking. I would say Ric Flair drinks like a white girl that's met Ric Flair. That's how Ric Flair, like just I drink to forget, but the party <laughs> must keep going. 
<laughs> There's nothing behind my eyes. Woo! My eyes are black holes because I don't want to remember that night with a man wearing a feather boa as a condom. Uh, well, it's just Andre decides to be like, I feel like drinking with Andre the Giant would be like, he pulls, he gives you a gla- one of the glasses of the 9,000 wines he has, and he's like, and you're like, how are you today? And he goes, do you think you know pain? <laughs> <laughs> tried to eat a VCR today. I, I, I got tired of food and I thought plastic was food. And now my teethy hurt Maybe you shouldn't eat in the VCR. But I, I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Like it's just like you know. here's the odd thing about Andre. Here, here's someone he never runs into, who I think would have really tamed his beast. Is there? I yeah. where is there an interview with him and Mean Gene Okerlund? I not until WrestleMania three do I think those two encounter. <laughs> and uh, no, Andre because they wouldn't yeah. have because uh, Mean Gene is in the AD- Andre was the what Andre just yeah, didn't the go trophy that Mean Gene always wanted. Yeah, I could live in his skull. Um, and it's also <laughs> it, clearly Vern Gagne didn't respect Andre the Giant because I love Vern Gagne being like, well, if he gets in the ring with me, I'll just take out his leg and submit him. And it's just like, Vern, no, because what will happen is he'll then just for real punch you in your old man face because he never went to the AWA. Even when the AWA was associated with the NWA, he never really went there. He only went in places he wanted to go. Um and as well, our- Vince Senior is slowly phasing out, and Vince Junior and Andre are becoming close, they it's very interesting relationship in that Vince Senior and Andre had friendship and respect, and Vince Junior and Andre had a much more of a employer-employee relationship. But Andre respected the family and understood how much money he made under Vince's father, so he kind of let it go. Yeah, I'll just. To your Vern Gagne point, I just want to say, uh, throw this out there, is uh, Andre filled the role that Vern Gagne already had his own TV. That's why I don't think he ever went in there. Because Vern Gagne, by this point, has taken the title off himself, but he's still the unstoppable babyface who never really loses a match. Let me explain to you why Vern Gagne, the AWA, went under. Vern Gagne put himself in the same position as Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, an, a naturally interesting, bizarre character who's massive, was booked the same way as a dude who was bald in his 20s. <laughs> as a guy who stopped working out because he owned the company, yeah. essentially. I'll tell you who's not as good as me, the Road Warriors. All right. <laughs> Time to get dementia and then murder a Hispanic man. <laughs> I believe that he only knew he was Hispanic and then he woke up and he was like, What did I do? I killed a good then. Yeah. <laughs> Vern, you know that thing you love doing? You did it again. <laughs> so there's a the some of the highlights of the seventies run are the boxer versus wrestling. I wouldn't match call this he, is a fucking highlight. I would call it fucking crazy. This was a huge moneymaker. It was a huge moneymaker that is like it's 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 like a water world where it actually made a lot of money but it is over uh overshadowed by the fact that everyone was like boxers and wrestlers shouldn't fight man antonio inoki and ali should not like all they did was basically touch each other a bit um while Andre the giant well, think about took on chuck webner chuck webner is the basis the for leader rocky balboa yeah but also big 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 things because this is rocky winning best picture and that still Stallone. Have you heard about any of this? You haven't re- seen a thirty for thirty where uh, Stallone claims that 
Rocky was a um was something he came up with whereas it's clearly about Wepner and Ali and then they go back and forth and Wepner's fucking super poor now because that's how things work but Jesus Christ Chuck Wepner oh I know I I I totally know all about it it's fucking crazy and it's also weird that like Sylvester Stallone you change you clearly changed it enough so it isn't Chuck Wepner but it clearly is the story of Chuck Wepner and Muhammad Ali fight like it's like yeah for fuck's sake fuck you sly Stallone but anyway, Wepner dances around for a couple rounds, uh, and then Andre hucks him out of the fucking ring. There's a big brouhaha. And this is interesting because, like, on one side of the world, they're doing clo- they're doing closed-circuit screenings for Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. And on the other side of the world, they think that Chuck Wepner, who's kind of the boy, the boy of today, versus Andre the Giant, like, that's how big Andre was, is that they put him... Okay, what's one B to Muhammad Ali, Andre the fucking giant? Absolutely. Um, also, the thing that I, I know you're also going, everyone's going. Well, what about Andre's move set? Andre's move set was what you saw in WrestleMania three. Like, he hits you, he makes a weird face, he tries to choke you, he throws you, he slams you. That's it. Like, it's the the run. This guy went on a Goldberg esque run. But it was sustainable over two decades. Like everyone talks about, oh, we needed to beat Goldberg. We needed to write a second chapter for that guy. I actually kind of, if you look at how they did it with Andre, you kind of disagree. All you got to do is fucking cool him off and send him some other places, which is why Vince Senior maintained relationships yeah. with other territories. Which is, I need to get rid of Andre for two two months. So I'll send him around the loop. He'll come back. Big fucking whoop. It's the same thing they did with Dusty in Florida. It's the same thing you did with Flair in the Carolinas. He is your biggest draw, but you need to have moments where he's not around. And it sort of it's how it yeah. also worked with Stone Cold, by the way, because Stone Cold kept getting injured. So the WWF was able to sort of okay, well, he needs to go get his neck retaped back together. So we'll fucking disappear him for a hot minute and bring him back again. Yeah, it's kind of like stretching out. You've you basically he's always you're always happy he's around you never get tired of the andre show yeah and it's why really they have a tough time doing shit like this now is because like if if this was now andre the giant would have twitter and have already been in a storyline where him and sasha banks flirted back and forth you know what i mean andre would have already been in a fake marriage with sheamus like it would have been so fucking (laughs) yeah andre the giant with twitter where it's like oh wow the you know what i mean oh he's challenging andre the giant with twitter would have been fucking amazing just a bunch of misspelled threats towards women (laughs) or just like just 3 a.m so lonely when you have no one yeah okay my they would have just made his character the depressed giant and then they would have had yeah Simon Dean come out of retirement to be his manager yeah. because they wouldn't have been able to like <laughs> ignore how yeah. chronically depressed Andre the Giant loses a match to his own bed. He's sleeping in there and he doesn't want to leave because it's a sad day of the month. A great deal of it would just be uh, Diamond Dallas Page constantly telling Andre to do DD, sure. DDP sure. yoga. Like all it would be is just like, all right, bro, you know what? Help you some yoga, yeah? Okay, bam, step into it. It's like. Diamond, please stop, Diamond. Diamond, stop. I don't know why it's everyone's Jer- calling him Diamond. It is New Jersey yoga, bro. You have to smoke while you do the yoga, Yeah, bro. what's important to remember is I look like Bruce Springsteen if he survived a fire, bro. Okay. See, watch this. See, as soon as you do, as soon as you start... By the way, 
Diamond Dallas Page is the exact same person as Vince Russo. That's what we've decided on this podcast right now. As soon as you start this yoga pose, bro, two minutes into it, you have cornered a woman. That's what makes it New Jersey yoga. <laughs> Look how cornered this woman is. She's so scared. Yeah, I'm not going to touch her. I'm not going to touch her. It's brilliant. But I want to. <laughs> I'm not going to touch her. But did she touch me? That's just what happens. Yeah. New Jersey yoga, bro. Bro, bro. Here's the important thing about DDP yoga. You put enough pressure on the mat that you could actually print a t-shirt, bro. <laughs> um, some other guys he got along with were uh, Big Cat Ernie Ladd, who, of course, like you said, he uh, he was like, I, you're big, uh, I'm big, but you're bigger. Turn around, and you're my you're my daddy, Andre. You're my big daddy. Yeah, it's- He's one of those guys who's like, he needed to be... Uh, to do the Joe Rogan thing, he needed to be the alpha, bro. He was an absolute beast, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so then Ivan Putsky, we covered, did not get along with Andre because Ivan Putsky was a person. There's no real yeah. fucking ifs, ands, or buts as to what the fuck happened. It's just like, doesn't like him. Uh, Howard Finkel, no, yeah. for some reason, who was basically, Howard Finkel was basically just who Vince would torture the most. Andre loved and never fucking did anything to. Like, it's just these odd things where it's like, I like this guy. I don't like that guy. I like this guy. I don't like that guy. Like, it's fucking weird. But I feel like Finkel kind of took... Finkel kind of took the, the... I'd be interested to know when they became close because it seems like he kind of took the mantle from Arnold Scoland as like... Well, that's also... T- Tim White is also who definitely took the... The mantle as well. Yeah, it's guys who are like not because he can see what I mean though. Like these aren't wrestlers; these are people he can let his guard down with. These are people who he doesn't really have to talk about business with. Yeah, he doesn't. You think he never has to like talk shop with Tim White or Howard Finkel? Howard Finkel gets out there and says the names. Like that's all he does, right? Whereas like a guy like Putsky. He apparently didn't like Ivan Putsky because he doesn't care about... He said... Andre said he didn't care about any anybody else. He has no real respect for wrestling and he's a loser. Um, so uh, this is according to Ted DiBiase's autobiography. Uh, he just... They were in a six-man tag and DiBiase and uh, Andre just tagged back and forth and never let Putsky in the match at all. Just like shit like that where it's like, you, that's... You're a bitch, man. That's weirdly passive aggressive yeah that's <laughs> like yeah <laughs> millennial andre the giant is uh ivan putsky going like andre keeps texting me he wants to hang out and then just not being there <laughs> yeah he's basically andre the giant was like a girl when you're 16 in the 90s and it'd be like do you want to go on a date yeah but no i fuck this guy like it's just very strange also then there's people like iron Sheik, which was his reason for not liking iron Sheik is iron Sheik used to beat up job guys in the ring Andre got wind of it, so would then just have matches with Andre the Iron Sheik where he would just sit on him and beat him up a lot. Like <laughs> he would, that sounds good. He would just like, apparently once he just punched him in the shoulder as hard as he could and Iron Sheik couldn't wrestle for a while. Like, um, shit like, like that. He would also, like, Iron Sheik wasn't allowed to dress in the dressing room when Andre the Giant was there, which was all the time. So he had to just go get dressed in the hallway, bitch. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and the other thing is, this might play into it too is people say you couldn't beat up Andre and he was super strong. That I'm sure that's true. But why would you be what is the price that the Iron Sheik pays a guy who's like at that point like a mid card, upper mid card heel, right? Cause even the way he won the title was kinda out of nowhere. How what's the price that guy pays if he actually fights back against Andre? You know what I mean? Like, what if the Iron Sheik beats the fucking shit out of the top draw for over a decade for this company before Hulk Hogan. 
Like, this is not... They do not... They Their biggest babyface draw right now are Bob Backlund and Jimmy Snuka. Like, Andre's the guy still fucking putting money on the table for this. Absol- well, absolutely. No and one's going to fuck with this guy. We're going to get to Hogan in one second. But the other thing that cannot be stressed enough is, which no one actually does talk about, is Andre in a way made Hogan. When Hogan, this is what we'll talk about next week, but when Hogan wins the belt, the first thing they do is make sure you see Andre going, congratulations, you deserve to win this. It's a really fucking smart Mm. move. And Andre, at this point, by the way, we're getting into the closing parts of the 70s. They put him in a program with Hulk Hogan OG when he was a fucking Irish heel. The other thing that starts happening is Vince Sr. is dying of some sort of cancer. I assume cancer of the soul. As soon. <laughs> it's probably cancer of getting syringed systematically by his son. Yeah, it's ca- uh, cancer of the didn't actually go to a doctor, just went to a guy in a white coat who's a butcher at a grocery store because Vince McMahon Jr. Wanted, <laughs> he wanted control. Um, it's it's my professional opinion. You can smoke this cancer out. <laughs> I'm up in you about 90 cigarettes a day. Yeah. I don't actually smoke menthols to be to start then so um <laughs> we'll give you the girl ones before we just go into the hulk hogan thing um and the, that's sort of the last big program until we get to like the stud and the hogan program we're going to cover that but i just want to talk about this this is how fucking big andre was vince mcmahon to start the expansion the first fucking move he made and it's the i think the smartest move he made is he prevented uh, andre stopped traveling to other territories he completely put an yeah. end to that. As soon as his fucking dad was in the ground, uh, he, he upped Andre's salary to keep him in New York, which meant for the last yeah. 10, 12, or the last 15 years, around the fucking country, you, every couple of months, would get Andre the Giant. Now, the only way you can see Andre the Giant is on television if you get WWF programming. It is a fucking stroke of genius. It's in a in a way, if you're a UFC fan who really likes Brock Lesnar and you still want to see Brock Lesnar occasionally, you need to go and get the WWE Network. That's essentially the equivalent of, of this yeah. move. And the other thing is about this is there's also plausible deniability with why Vince takes him off the road because he can just be like, his disease is getting worse and he can't move as well. Yeah. And then you can use your you can use your fucking eyes and see that's true. That's not the case, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, it lo- it seems true. It's a lie because it comes from Vince McMahon, and he's just trying to make sure that Jerry Jarrett starves to death. But hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> so it's the beginning of the 80s. They put him in a program with Irish bad man Hulk Hogan uh, and build towards the showdown at Shea. Now, Andre and Hogan at this point do not get along. Andre thinks he's a piece of shit, does things like throws beer cans at him, steps on his hair and picks yeah. him up, beats him up all the time. <laughs> uh Beats him up all the time. Hulk Hogan just fucking takes it, which is fascinating. That he, like even Hulk Hogan, who is not the biggest draw in the company yet, but at one time will be, just takes it from this fucking guy. What turns him completely around is Hogan is as big a fucking draw in Japan as um, Andre. Andre. Shonoche, notwithstanding all that sort of stuff. Uh, what turns it around is, and again, this is actually something we should talk about next week, but I just think it's a fascinating story which sets up their whole relationship and allows Hogan to take a run at it is um andre is begrudgingly pretending they're friends on television they go to japan together anoki tries to fuck over vince and hogan uh and tries to get um uh put him in the ring with a uh one of the shooters that anoki had 
uh, to stretch Hogan and steal the WWF belt because um, Vince wants more money for Hogan and Andre to come back to Japan. Uh, Hogan runs and finds Danny Hodge and goes, Hodge, you're the referee for this match now. If uh, they put me, if he starts to stretch me, I'm going to just look at me and do what you need to do. He does this. He says this in front of Andre, and from that day forward, Andre is like, this guy is good. He's looking out for Vince McMahon because as much as Vin, uh, Andre didn't like that he was taken off the road for the other territories, he also respected the fact that um, Vince is the guy who paid him, and anyone who looked out for Vince was A-OK with him. So it's a very interesting sort yeah. of turn, switch turn of affairs there. Um, yeah, the Andre... And the other thing is, he, yeah, the... Just wanted to say this. I think the reason why Hogan took too much shit is at this point we did the Hogan episode, the four parter. There, he's four years into wrestling and is kind of used to be beating beaten up by people. And Hogan is also a threat to him because Hulk Hogan at this point is legitimately like six foot eight and doesn't look like any other six foot eight guy in the history of professional wrestling. It cannot be stated enough how like we all think of Hulk Hogan as like you know, red and yellow yeah. and America and shit. You cannot understate. Like, look at pictures of... He's the evolution of wrestling. Like, he's superstar Billy Graham, but younger and taller. Like, Yeah, he's superstar Billy Graham, Hogan's younger, taller. So easily could have been just like a fucking choke slam into throwing the guy clear into the backstage area where they tell you he's died over the fucking big mic. Like, he, was, he had to be a heel, basically. And then... He kind of in Andre is kind of like, oh, I can. He has said this before. It's like, oh, I could be a baby face against this guy. This is the guy is the only guy who's like so much bigger than me, which is obviously WrestleMania three. Yeah, and by the well, what's even what I also think is great is because of their beginnings of this relationship, uh, Hogan always had the utmost respect for Andre and was never actually sure what was going to happen. Like he was always nervous around him until Andre died. And Hogan still in part thinks that Andre had stock in Gawker, which is why he sued. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't be sure. And, uh, yeah, he thought Andre, uh, he thought Andre was, uh, was kid was Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, and that's why he did that. Yeah, he was just like, oh, wait, I can finally get one. I can do to you what I could never do to Andre, even though that's what I dreamed of doing to Andre. Finally a chance to get one in Andre, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. I want to try and do this to Andre, dude. <laughs> Yo, put I'm Andre. You're Andre. We're both Andre, dude. Listen up, dude. All right, dude. You better be Andre, dude. <laughs> um, so he has uh, basically the feud of the year, by all counts, um, against Killer Khan. Uh, and Killer Khan is like another crazy... He's the only guy that Andre can basically have a full feud with, essentially, because he's a crazy, crazy... Uh, he's supposed to be Mongolian... He is not Mongolian. They do not check that <laughs> in 1980s wrestling. I guarantee they were like, uh, you're Mongolian. He's like, actually, I'm Japanese. And then he would go. Uh, Same thing. Egg roll is what was guaranteed yelled at him a lot. <laughs> uh, we don't know what Mongolian is. We were going to call you Japanese. Can you just say I'm Mongolian? Ooh, you're good at this. Can you give us a book of other ethnicities? Uh, we need to demonize them. Yeah. Listen, can you wear a funny hat and be not from here? Well, I am not from here. I said, wear a funny <laughs> hat. Um, also in Japan. Also, Killer Khan, uh, by the way. Hansen, can I just say, do you know what's it. happened to Killer Khan? Uh, he is 
uh, direct descendant of Genghis Khan, and he's actually opened a series of very successful uh, fish and chip shops. In Japan, and also was a bodyguard in Three Ninjas Kickback. That's what I wanted to talk about. Oh, great. Okay, good. He was the person who brought um, TV to Japan. That's what he did. Oh, he was also the guy that dances on Andre's grave every year. <laughs> who pisses in <laughs> whose mouth now, Andre? Do you think Hogan, every on his birthday, takes a trip to Andre the Giant's grave and just leg drops it? He's like, I don't do this anymore, dude, but I t- I'm pinning Andre every Yeah, he just, day. well, he does it to make sure he has to keep Andre dead. That was the solid. Uh, <laughs> Andre was like, Oh, I'll be back. Make sure I die. You got it, dude. I will leg drop you, dude. <laughs> um, another guy who's credited with uh, getting him over is Stan Hansen. Uh, has credited Andre with helping him get over because Andre would just kind of murder everybody in Japan, and Stan Hansen was allowed to. I don't know. I'm assuming Andre the Giant was like, I can work with that guy when he saw Stan Hansen just no glasses on trying to lariat his car. (laughs) (laughs) How do these damn keys work? I'm used to wrangling a steer. Can you imagine just what the fuck their conversations sounded like? Got it. Like, you do Stan Hansen, I'll do Andre, and this is what it sounded like. One... Two, okay. three. Oh. 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 Hey there, Mr. French. Uh, oh. Like, oh. Give me some damn Dijon, motherfucker. Give me some Dijon. He just yelled the food from the country he knew at that person. <laughs> hey, Japan, give me your damn sushi. <laughs> give me your fish. First, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, he- you looked up the main export of the country, screamed that at you, and that was it. Yeah. I also believe that Stan Hansen probably didn't bring his glasses one day and then had a full three-hour conversation with a vending machine <laughs> that he thought was Andre the Giant. <laughs> Straight up. The best thing about Stan Hansen is he's a badass, but it's like this joining of a badass with Mr. Magoo <laughs> that I really like. But what I, what he's always I also, answering like but I also, He's always answering fucking irons like they're phones. How are you doing? Oh, you're talking my ear off here. It's really warm, this phone. I'm going to kick this shit out of this phone. What I like about Stan Hansen is, like, the main thing we know about Stan Hansen is, is a blind guy? Try and find a photo with him wearing glasses. Like, that's the other great thing. Never. Like, like, legally blind does not acknowledge it. Yeah. He probably called them eye tricycles. Like, my eyes don't need no damn help. Steak till it's dead. My eyes look at tits, so they don't need what I call queer (laughs) windows. (laughs) We're we're too afraid to tell him hot dogs don't exist in Japan, so he's just been eating whole leather belts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, isn't ever discussed. This is a long hot dog. Um, Stan Hansen was also was also supposed to be there when Bruzy, Bruiser Brody got stabbed, but instead of getting on the airplane to Puerto Rico, he just sat in a porta potty for three hours. Why? This plane oh, smells stupid. <laughs> I mean, also Stan Hansen. Thank God he did, because he would have just been dead too. None of that's true. And also, no, it wouldn't. Like Stan Hansen, because Stan Hansen, like you just stabbed me. Tricks on you, my abdomen just lariated the blade, lariat, lariat, lariat. (laughs) 
Now the knife is in my body. Yeah. Perfectly. <laughs> the knife is part of me. I used to wrestle in the Carolinas. My hands are actually just razor blades now, Lariat, to you. Someone call Hulk Hogan and make sure I get into a movie, but not a wrestling job, Lariat. <laughs> he probably was like, why hand him what the Japanese called me a French fry? <laughs> this is a knife, sir. They tell me this was French fries for 20 years. God damn. Lariat, Lariat, Lariat. Have you met my daughter named Lariat? That's a dog, Stan. Shut up! Um, <laughs> ain't no dog. Yes, so Andre the Giant, when not bumming everyone out with his body odor, got himself into a, <laughs> a real brouhaha with a man that he fucking hated named John Studd. Now, um, this is when Arnold Scorland is off of the road now. Tim White has become his major domo and associate. Um, quite hilariously, uh, this is also when Andre real his body really started falling apart, um, and they put him in yeah. with Stud. Now Stud, it's fucking crazy. John, Big John Stud looks so fucking impressive when he debuts. Freddie Blassie is his manager, and it's fucking fantastic. They build it into this very. This is clearly a Vince McMahon genius fucking promotional idea, which is let's not even do a match. We'll just do body slam competitions. Because that's what everyone really yeah. just wants to see from Andre. Like, they want to see Andre get fucking slammed. Yeah. He's never been... They just say this. He's never been taken off his feet. There's your whole thing. And like you say, Big John Stud is a direct, direct challenge to Andre the Giant. And that's very simple to explain. Basically, although he is smaller, Big John Stud is... He can move way better. He's way younger. Clearly, if you're talking about this from Vince McMahon's point of view, Big John Stud is the guy you want because he's bigger than Hogan. Like he's all these things, right? Um, he's, what's it, one of those things Andre where he can still cash his chips in. Yeah, go for it. He, he's bigger than Ho. Uh, the thing with Stud is he's bigger than Hogan, and he also looks. He's much naturally. He looks unlikable. Like he looks like a fucking smarmy, yeah. greasy exactly. carnival worker with this weirdly yeah. impressive body, where it's like. It's clearly um, um, before. It's clearly like steroids are coming in, but he just doesn't have a steroid body. He's just genetically like, oh, that guy's just fucking crazy strong. Like he looks, he looks like he's going to be a problem. And visually, you can look at it and go, that will be an issue for Andre. Like it's the first time where you could be like, this is a big fucking problem for for oh, all your shit. Like there's, it's yeah. Yeah, and he's got yeah, he's got that new he's the new he's the new hotness basically, um, and he even does stuff like little stuff like that's kind of thought to be unthinkable. Frankly, is like he eliminates Andre Andre from a battle royal, and now remember this. I don't know if we touched on this actually. He's never been defeated. Oh yeah, the thing we really need to stress is Andre's never been beat. Oh no, I mean in the battle royal, like basically go, he's never, ever lost a battle royal, ever. At this point, John Big John Stud is how old is he? He's he's not even thirty yet. No, yeah, he's no, he's late thirties. He's late, th- and also one of his other names was Big John Muff, which is very uh, excuse me, <laughs> Big Big John Muff. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh. So, and he's just he's is there is there a guy like this who was like a challenge to someone and then just became basically their bitch? There's nothing like this ever where Big John Stud wouldn't stay at the same hotel as Andre because Andre didn't like that. 
Oh, that's good stuff. Like, and then Bobby the <laughs> it's even fucking crazier when Bobby the Brit, bully, Bobby the Brit Heenan gets brought in to be Big John Studs manager, and then they put him with Ken Patera to double team and really start yeah. fucking up Andre. Bobby the Brain Heenan and Andre had a very close relationship, so it's like Big John Studs like third backup was on fucking Andre. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. and like it's it kind of works because even though Andre wins the Body Slam Challenge, he's low key. I don't know how far ahead they were planning the Andre heel turn, but low key they're building up a challenger for Hogan without even really realizing it at this point because he's beating. He's clipping off all the with no with very minimal problems. He's beating all of Hulk Hogan's would be challengers. And what I wanted to say was, Big John Stud eliminated him from a battle royal, and Andre had was the king of the battle royal. Like he'd never lost a, really a battle royal before that because a battle royal was an easy way where Andre could throw a lot of people around and even. Ele- even win the battle royal over the NWA champion or the or the territory champion at that point because you could just have the heel fucking throw over from behind the baby face and then you got a whole rivalry or you know what I mean heel turns like battle royals are great for storylines and you can just have Andre come at the end because no one can fucking eliminate him yeah um yeah and uh the the last thing we'll mention before we get to best and worst is uh People didn't think there was thirty grand in the bag at WrestleMania one. Oh yeah, and uh, Andre just threw a bunch of Vince McMahon's money. Oh, sorry, it was fifteen grand. Apologies, fifteen grand in the bag at WrestleMania one, and uh, Andre just threw a bunch of the money into the crowd. And because he Heenan was supposed to take the bag, but Andre said no, oh no, and Heenan was like, okay, do it. Here's the other weird thing that I don't understand is Andre was never supposed to do that. And yet, why was there money in the bag? Like that's why I'm like, okay, fuck you, no Vince, you were in on this. This is the, this is when wrestling bugs me, where it's like, well, let's lie about this part. Why, why, why lie? There wouldn't be money in the fucking bag, unless Andre was going to throw it out. And it's like, no, no, there, no, no, there was no money. It's like, no, there was. You fucking like, there is. Fuck you. There's, and this is I. I think this is my favorite thing about Andre the Giant. Then I will skip ahead to the best thing. My favorite thing about Andre the Giant is that like he's one of the only, I'd say the only guy in professional wrestling still steeped in this legend, in this lore about like how strong he was, about how big he was. And I'm glad that it's still around. Like I'm glad that that shit's still around. And like even this is this is for sure just like a fucking a bunch of carnies trying to make you adding another story to the Andre the Giant. He flipped a car to the one we didn't mention where. Uh, Howard Finkel and him are driving. Finkel's had two beers. A cop pulls him over, and he passes the side of the road test, which was like alphabet backwards, touch your nose type style. And the cop goes to give him his license, or is goes to run his license. Andre sticks his hand out of the car and goes, "Hey, you fucking passed the test!" And then the cop's like, "Holy shit, you're Andre the Giant!" And then they all three of them have a beer and drive home because it's the seventies. And who cares if you hit a kid? Oh, by the way, it um, was the eighties, which is even better because it's like, oh yeah. shit, that's great. Tim White probably did blow too. That's how he passed the test. He was like, "I'll do this field sobriety test, but Daddy needs some rowdy powder to get through it." <laughs> that was probably a thing you could say in the 80s i had six beers but don't worry i did a couple lines yeah. Oh, okay, yeah you'll be fine then <laughs> um 
Oh, sick. <laughs> All right, sweet. So as long as you're not getting an erection in this state, we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if like, you are getting an erection, I just need to do a line off it. Yo. <laughs> I'm Sergeant I'm sorry. Fuxley. I'm Sergeant Slaughter, that pussy, bro. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. So that's my favorite thing about Andre, I think, is that he's like one of the only wrestlers left. There's like a ton of lore around him. Oh, my God. Um, I- that can't be like disproven, really. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Andre the Giant? He is. The, he was the most famous wrestler for fifteen fucking years, and you cannot name yeah. a movie. You can't name a finishing move. What was his fucking <laughs> name? His fucking like yeah. figure four leg lock. Ric Flair, lariat, Stan Hansen, leg drop. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, finishing move. I don't know. Leaving the ring, I guess. Well, he actually, funnily enough, he he's uh, one of the first guys who used the uh, bonsai drop. First that I really know of. He used the bonsai drop, and that's one of the main. Huge things with the feud against Big John Studd is that even though he beat Big John Studd, Vince at least let this happen, where he would do the bonsai drop. Obviously, you do it off the first or second rope. Usually second rope, right? Bonsai drop. And um, the uh, and he did it off the top rope that time. Oh. So it was like... And then for sure, since it's Andre and Big John Studd, that was 500 pounds coming straight down with no brace no protection <laughs> on, no thought of protection man yeah. who just who had a uh, who had a wife from 1978 and goddamn goddamn it even though he was on the road in the 80s yep. when he passed away big john stud had the same wife because he's a he was a nice man. i'm gonna make sure to nice nice man. i'm gonna make sure to hurt you so when you hug your kids they only feel cold instead of warm <laughs> and andre is one of those people who is so big and kind of like wrestling's built up to be real at this point that it's like any move could be a finishing move because you're like oh he he sat on him oh he dropped an elbow on him oh he he's hugging him any of these moves the guy's dead because look at the fucking size of this dude uh what's your what do you not like about andre the giant during this he's period? a piece of shit human being man he's a fuck like why the <laughs> fuck are you doing this to like what did big john stud fucking do to fucking you man like fuck you you're a fucking asshole yeah. like you're the biggest thing in the fucking yeah. world. You're protected. I understand that you don't feel protected, but you are. Like, and yes, wrestling was a piece of shit, yeah. but you're a fucking massive man. Like, you don't need to do a bunch of the things he fucking did. And it just drives me right up the fucking wall, baby. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of that is just basically... Because I, th- I think the worst thing about him kind of plays into that is his crippling alcoholism that was completely enabled as a parlor trick. Oh my god, that's a great point. We didn't really touch on the fact that like his alcoholism was basically treated like, not only is he tall, but he can also eat food as well. Like It's so fucking depressing. Well, that's, I think, why it's like he hangs out with Tim White and all this shit and all these people he can kind of dictate how they talk to yeah. him because everyone else just like... I don't know, man. On much lower levels, we've hung out with people who uh, people know who they are or even people who are like bigger or smaller than the average person. And you see how people look at them. Imagine you you have both of those things. Like you're a famous man who's also fucking huge. Mm. Like everyone's taking pictures of you. No one has any fucking tact. Like it must have been fucking terrible to go outside. And uh, he dealt with that with booze. And, and also like he can't... The other... Th- Sorry. The other thing I also just really thought of is like he dealt with it with booze, but it's also like he can't like he couldn't shit on an airplane. Like that's the fucking crazy thing. Like it's just like, oh, you're going to fly to Japan. Yeah, that's where you make a lot of your money. One thing you can't shit for the next 18 hours. Like it's so fucked. He couldn't even fit in fucking first class seats. And the other thing is exactly like how Lee Major is wondering how this guy held a piss in for fucking however many hours because he's taught his body not to do that because he can't. Yeah. 
he can't he's not he's not gonna just gonna tape all the towels they have on the plane together and make himself a diaper. he's just not gonna shit or piss <laughs> yeah oh my god imagine andre very andre very sad ending andre well it's not a sad ending baby because now we're go- if you thought this was sad ladies and gentlemen next week turn into what i like to call <laughs> uh think of andre the giant as a christmas tree and ladies and gentlemen the end of this podcast is december the- get ready for the wilting <laughs> years oh no because <laughs> um, oh, here's the thing to never forget andre the giant you're going hey guys you've gone through a lot of andre's career all the way up to wrestlemania one nope not at all keep in mind he appears in the first six wrestlemanias i know what you're thinking is it get sad oh fuck yeah wrestlemania by wrestlemania his body deteriorates until he passes away in wrestler review tradition, this will be sad. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, guys. And tune in next week for us. Not. Uh, to, uh, and by the way, I just realized he appears at WrestleMania Seven, and I think up until that point, the saddest WrestleMania moment ever. I mean, we're all looking forward to it quite a bit, aren't we? Uh, like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking uh, serial killer Mean Gene was a little shoehorned into this episode. Well, that's just. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just what they call the tip. Because next week, serial killer Mean Gene is going to attempt to live inside Andre the Giant's skull. It's his fu- <laughs> It's his world title. Yeah, he takes the bones and makes his palace. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to what I like to call my museum of my work. <laughs> Andre the Giant's useless skull. Most, peop- well, thanks for Most people have guys. a death mask we'll- of Andre the Giant. I have... His actual skull, covered in cum to the point it looks like it's skin. <laughs> oh, no. Um, thanks for your list, guys. Welcome, everyone, to Subscribe. the Wrestler Give Review. Somebody on Patreon, for fuck's sakes. Um, don't you fucking interrupt my goddamn fucking rant about Andre the Giant ever a fucking again, or I swear to fuck, I'll fucking kill you. Well, I just keep on you. saying it, and then you keep starting again like an idiot. Oh, I'm Dylan. I smell like cum. That's you. You said you had to leave. You said you had to I leave. did have to leave. I do have to leave, and also, I'm turtling. Ladies and gentlemen, Dylan, take us down. Ooh, wrestler, review, donate on Patreon. We're good boys. Find us. Find us on the street and fuck us. Bye-bye. 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 Till next week, part two. YOLO. YOLO. Well, you people have probably heard the old expression, some mighty big boots to fill or shoes to fill. And that is a mighty big boot. It just happens to belong to the gentleman who is my guest at this time. I'm talking about Andre the Giant. He is seven foot four and three quarters. He weighs 485 pounds. There is not another man in any professional sport as big as this man. If our cameraman can come on in, I want to show you the ring. This belongs to Andre the Giant. This is his ring. And I kid you not, I can get all three fingers in that ring, beautiful ring indeed, and thank you, Andre. You know, we have followed your career. I've had the opportunity of covering many matches you've been in. Have you ever lost a match? No, I never lost a match, yes. You know, I also recall you went up against the boxer, Chuck Weppner at Madison Square Garden. We were there for that one, and you even defeated him. Yeah, and uh, even if Muhammad Ali wants to come in the ring, I'd take him, too. I believe you would. I don't know if Muhammad Ali would want to get in the ring with you. I don't know. You know, Andre... You're a French uh, Frenchman. You speak the French language. Perhaps for some of the people watching, you can give us some of the French. Je voudrais dire que ça fait vraiment plaisir de venir dans cette région pour faire la lutte. 
Et je voudrais dire aussi que si vraiment les gens d'ici veulent vraiment bien m'accepter, ça fera plaisir de devenir américain. All right, you know, people think that it is just your size and your strength that gives you the advantage when you get in the ring, but you do have a lot of uh, technical background and you work very hard at this. Oh yeah, before I was in the wrestling, I played for four years in soccer and two years in rugby. And I was for one year in boxing, and now for the last 13 years in wrestling. You know, let's take a look at the size of your hand. I want to compare it to mine. Fans, take a look at this. Can you believe that? Perhaps even, let's compare it to the size of my head. Andre, the... <laughs> I have one more favor before we must sign off here, Andre. Right. <laughs> would you be kind enough? I would like to try that very attractive sport coat of yours on. Can you give me a hand with that? Is that possible? Can we do it the other way? Can I try you, Cope? You'd have no <laughs> chance with that. Oh, my word. Take a look at this. Custom-made clothing. Andre, we'll start this way. Weather does get chilly periodically. My <laughs> word. It looks like a top coat. I can't believe it. This is unreal. Andre, you're the best. Fans, you won't want to miss this big man. The gentle giant, when he gets in the ring, he's something else. Andre the Giant, seven foot four and a half, 485. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. There he goes. Good Look at this. <laughs>